Hello and welcome, Hacker Public Radio audience. My name is Mr X. This is, I think, my fourth show. It has been a while, I think, almost uh, a year. In fact, probably over a year. I do intend to do one a year, or at least one a year. This is really a unique service that Hacker Public Radio provides. You know, it, they try to make it as easy as possible for anyone to contribute. If I can contribute, I'm sure you can too. Why not give it a go if you've got some sort of burning hobby or, or passion that you, that you think you'd like to share with the rest of us, just record something. It's really quite simple. Well, now today's podcast is a little bit different. It's, um, I'm not sure exactly how how well it fits into the hacker uh, theme as such, but it's uh, something that hopefully you'll you'll find interesting. It's um, it concerns uh, a family member that that um, oh actually fact my, my my grandfather, and uh, he like many of you had had um, had served during the, the Second World War, and uh, I'm sure you've all had interesting stories uh, relating to that, but. Um, well, when my grandfather uh, served in the Second World War, I know at one point he was um, uh, doing something out in Africa. Now, I don't know what he was actually doing, but later on he came back to Britain and um, there he worked for the Bomb Disposal Squad. Now, I don't know very much about the history of um, Bomb Disposal Team or, or, or what they actually did, really. Um, I haven't really looked um, at anything online to um, to find any more background information, but it's just um, kind of stories and things that he told me when I was a, a young boy. He wasn't the kind of man that would actually talk very much about the war. In fact, I don't think he would talk about it at all, unless I first prompted him. He was quite a quiet man, really, but I remember him telling me things such that all over the country, um, Scotland is where I come from, obviously even more so down in England, there was... There was Bombs dropped all over the place, and um, he said that the the wardens kept look over the skies at night, uh, had to record where these bombs dropped, and he said that on a lot a lot of occasions uh, these bombs uh, landed uh, too deep, too difficult to recover. Um, I recall one day when we were uh, when he was driving in the car, and uh, we were passing a, a forest and. He mentioned that a bomb had dropped into the into the forest and it had uh, carved a a diagonal line uh, through the canopy of the trees down into the ground. It was almost like a kind of ramp structure, and then was I don't know how many feet down into the actual soil it was, but they concluded it was too difficult to remove, and they just uh, recorded it's, uh, that it was there and, and and just left it. But up and down the country, these these uh, devices uh, are still lying underground, undisturbed. It's hard to imagine how exciting and possibly terrifying sort of life it must have been uh, providing this sort of service, trying to defuse bombs. I remember him telling me a story in particular where a bomb had dropped into the middle of a field and uh, was kind of propped up against a tree. And his, uh, his sergeant had said to him, you know, well, one son, let's go and have a look at and, and look at this. Take a look at this bomb and see how we're, we're going to tackle it. And so, if you can imagine, there was a tree in the middle of this large field, and there was a, a fence running all the way around the perimeter of the the, the, the field. So they, they they stepped over this 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 fence and 
walked towards the bomb. Now, can you imagine doing that? You know, a live device that could could go off at any moment. They they had to take that long walk to the to the active bomb. It must have been terrifying. Anyway, they they got to the bomb, and um, his, his sergeant said to him, "Ah, oh, well, well, you know, sir, I can see this is a new one, and you, you kind of haven't seen one like this before. I guess you better go back j- just in case, you know." He said, "Right, old sergeant." He turned round and uh, and walked towards the perimeter of the of the field, and uh, he he got to the field and was just about to step over when there was a loud blast. And he got blown over the, the the fence, in fact. Obviously, that was the end of his uh, commanding officer. But uh, it's hard to imagine what that must have been like. It, it, uh, living in in modern times, and the, the, the piece that, that the vast majority of um, the rich nations and, and such like ha- do, you know, that there's, there's, the world is relatively in, in peace. Let's hope it continues. Um, but... Um, but I remember that there was um, a cylindrical object that 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 that, that took my interest. That, that used to sit on the edge of his desk, and it was it was it was um, oh I don't know several inches long and oh I don't know three or four inches in diameter sort of thing, and um, it had like a threaded end to it and a, a kind of mushroom top, and on the top of that was was two studs, and I remember asking, well, well what what is that? To, Granddad, and he said, "Oh well, oh, that was a, a fuse um, from a, a ten thousand kilogram bomb was dropped in Aberdeen, and of course that, that uh, obviously sparked my imagination. And uh, I can't remember if he told me any more about that particular story, but how he how he came to have the fuse, or or whether he was at the site when it was when he actually if he removed it or what I don't know, but he kind of told me that." Basically, the, the, the fuse is, is, is screwed into the side of the bomb, and uh, it, it it sits in the in, in the in the aircraft. Well, f- well, uh, first of all, the, the, the fuse is is, is uh, contains pickering rings, I believe, and these pickering rings, uh, I guess, are explosive. And um, and in fact, the the the, the charge he, he told me was roughly equivalent to a small hand grenade. And uh, when when they go, it goes off, it sets off a chain reaction and, and detonates the bomb. So this thing's screwed into the side of the bomb, and and it sits inside the, the aircraft. And there's the two contacts in the top uh, make contact inside the aircraft and and charge the um, the fuse. And I don't know if it's like a, a, a capacitor or something in there that, that discharges over time as the bomb's falling through the air. And I think something like that. And and as it reaches, you know, it's got a kind of time constant, and, it, and after so much time, it, it, it detonates. You know, there's also a, a tremolo switch, so that when it, it, it can also detect. Um, obviously, it could also detect when it hits the, the ground and detonate. Then, but of course, sometimes these things didn't go off, and uh, that was when the, the bomb disposal team would go in and uh, try and defuse the bomb. I, I do remember. Uh, Watching the odd episode of UXB unexploded bomb with my grandfather and, and saying to him, you know, well, is is that, you know, really what they do? Is is it quite accurate? And he said, oh yes, the UXB was was is fairly accurate. He said the, the only thing that is inaccurate was that they tended to show 
groups of people around the bomb. He said they would never do that. Would, a maximum of, of two would go to the to the bomb. You know, the, there's always be further back. So anyway, this uh, this this fuse uh, kind of fascinated me, and I said, "Well, you know, Granddad, can I can I take it?" To, no, no. So he told, sorry, he said, "What? What? The, nah, let me step back. What? What he said they did was." Once they uh, they get the fuse out, and I, I can't remember the details of how they removed the fuse exactly, but um, they pumped it full of uh, tar material, which neutralised the the fuse and made it safe. So uh, you know, I said to my grandfather, "Ah, that's 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 amazing, grandfather. Can I could I take it to school and tell them about it?" He said, "Yes, ah, of course." So I uh, I put this in my my school bag or whatever it was and, and took it to school and you know told them all at school oh this is a a fuse from a 10,000 kilogram bomb that was dropped in Aberdeen and of course they were all amazed I, I, I couldn't tell them much more than that you know the, the story lasted for about 10 seconds or something but I stood up and told them at the front of the class when I was a, a young boy um, obviously eventually my, my grandfather died and um, he died quite some time ago in fact many years ago and it ended up, I think, in my uh, in my brother's room. Um, I'm not quite sure how how he ended up with with this item, but um, at this point, I wasn't around, and uh, I've been told that uh, they were watching television, and it was one of these kind of nine 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 programs where somebody something happens to somebody, and they, I think they, they, they on this show they they found a second world war fuse somewhere or other i think it might be on a railway track or something like that and um i think it, it exploded and a young chap got got hurt you know and uh the story goes my mother said well that looks like that that fuse thing that that, that, that you have upstairs is it you know and well i think it is you know and what what they were saying was that uh, the, the, these fuses, over time, the the tar material which is pumped in to neutralise it breaks down, and the the fuse can become active again, unknown to to my grandfather. I guess it would be told, you know, at at at, at bomb disposal school, whatever that involved, that you know, you, you, the pump it full of this stuff and it and it and it makes it safe. But they wouldn't expect it to be, you know, sitting in someone's house for. 40, 50 years or whatever and uh, so my my mother and my brother carefully picked the, the fuse up kind of a, in an alarm fashion and and my uh, my brother held it by his feet and uh, while sitting in the car as a, in the passenger and drove carefully to the local police station whereupon they, when they came in they told the local WPC uh, that um this is a fuse from a 10,000 kilogram bomb dropped in Aberdeen and uh, could you deal with it please? Obviously the the police officer was rather alarmed at this and uh, kind of backed away from the counter. <laughs> it's kind of understandable. I believe it was safely detonated uh, and and that was that. always regretted the fact I never saw it again because I was quite attached to the thing and uh, and, and me and my brother would uh, would throw it back and forth between each other, um, believing it was completely uh, safe. But uh, I guess we were really lucky; it could have gone disastrously wrong at any time.
It's hard to, hard to imagine living in, in, in these sort of times. It must, it must have been terribly exciting and, and, and terrifying at the same time. All around the world, um, I get the feeling things are becoming more unstable. There's, there's all sorts of things conspiring to, to make the whole world less stable. In no particular order, there's things such as, you know, oil, water, food, carrying capacity, climate change, these sort of things. Can't imagine what, what, what it must have been like living in these, these, these terrible times. I do hope that doesn't come again. Anyway, I hope you found this podcast interesting and uh, if you have any comments, I'll try and put together a some show notes and whatnot, but if you have any comments, feel free to drop them to me. And uh, I do plan to try and do another podcast before the end of the year, but we'll see how it goes. I can be contacted at uh, mrx at hpr at googlemail.com at mrx at hpr, the at symbol, googlemail.com. Thank you very much and goodbye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.